mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? You wait until the werewolf. Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there is killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's going to do a thing about it but us. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and thank you for joining us for another deep dive, factoid-filled episode exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I am your master of ceremonies, Sam, and I'm joined as always by Dan from Bleeding Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. <gasps> Hi, Dan. Hi. How are we doing? How are we doing after the whole Tom Savini? It's all done with, kind of. <laughs> I still dream about it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> it, that it was, was a, a lot. Yeah, and there's like as we said last week, there still could be another part. There's there's more. There's but... more. There is so much more that we mm. can do, and we will do. But for today, we are going into the monster of all monster, monster, monster movies, because it has all the monsters, but not licensed Universal monsters. <laughs> no, they're just likeness. <laughs> just just the likeness and we will and we will get into all of it we today of course doing the monster squad yay yes so i'll do the disclaimer and then we'll get Mm -hmm. on with it so everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone if you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode please come and join us on the facebook page the comment section or the discord and we can have an open discussion what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Don't be a dick. <laughs> what she said. Yes. Yeah. We could have just compiled all that 
disclaimer into one sentence. Don't be a dick. It's the only rule <laughs> I have on my Facebook page. When I run the page, you get one warning. If I think you're being a dick, I'll say rule number one, don't be a dick. And if they keep on, they're gone. Okay. It, Can't be bothered. Out of there. So, the Monster Squad from yes. 1987. Scoring 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, I know. Directed by Fred, you'll have to help me out, Decker. Decker. Black and Decker, yeah. Yeah, Decker. Starring and starring Andre <laughs> Gower, Robbie King, Tom Noonan, and the marvellous Duncan Regnar. I hope I'm saying that right. I uh, think it's Rager. 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 Yeah. Well, never send a man to do a kid's job <laughs> as we bring you the Monster Squad. Ooh. What a movie. Or in other words, the best horror you've never seen. Yeah. It's shocking it was, how many people it, have not seen it. That was what it was branded as. The best horror you have never seen. Wow. Yeah. It, it is literally, from start to finish, one massive homage and love letter to the universal horror. Not actually just horror in general. Mm. It is a huge, massive love letter to it. The, the from the kids clubhouse to the Stephen King, the Stephen King teacher. I, I've been Stephen meaning, King rules there. Stephen but, King rules. I've been meaning to buy that for ages. You can get them on eBay, and I've been meaning to get it. It it was what I was going to wear originally for the first episode. Yeah. She's like, you know, we were all Monster Squad ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, that was so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it it's a huge massive homage to universal monsters without actually being <laughs> yeah this, it's one massive thing that runs through if you are looking into anything to do with the monster squad is the fact that they had to really cover their asses when it came down to the likeness of the monsters that they used yes <laughs> yeah it was um it was a trip, but I think we'll get into that in a, in in a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, the sad thing about this film is, as I said, it's the best horror you've never seen, purely because it had a two week run in cinemas. That's all it was given a two week run, because really they consider yeah, because they considered it such a flop. Um, and there's two reasons they think it was a flop for. One was that. Um, Lost Boys had actually come out two weeks prior and that was still riding high uh, when they released it. So technically Lost Boys for the time did really, really well, but La Bamba did better than the Lost Boys in the box office. Hey, let's not mock La Bamba. That is a I'm good, not. good... I've met Lou Diamond good. Phillips. You know, he's gonna be a, He's going to be a bit of a horror. I am he's, so excited. He was really quite nice. Rob didn't have a clue who he was as usual, so... <gasps> Rob. I was like, we've got to meet him. He went, who? I was like, oh, shh, shh, shush your mouth. He's, young guns. Yes. Also, he's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for all younger viewers. But I do know uh, Richie Valens, La Bamba. Come on. Mm. It's brilliant. It's, within a, a three-month period, they released, I've written it down because, you know, me and like writing things down. They released, there was, where did I write it down now? It's a lovely song, wasn't it? I love uh, it. They released La Bamba, 
Lost Boys, Spaceball, Spaceballs, Masters oh. of the Universe, Adventures in Babysitting. Did I say Robocop? No. So all of those have come out within a period from June to August because this, this was released August 14th, 1987. Yeah, we've just had an anniversary of it, hence the reason why we are... We it came to the forefront and we were like, oh, Monster Squad. It's one of those films, and and I'll tell you now, I've got to mention him because well, there's two people I've got to mention that will kill me if I don't. Um, there's a a a, a guy called Jamie Lambert, and he this is his all time favorite movie. Everything that there is to be known, Jamie knows about it, and uh, I think he'll kill me if I get anything wrong. Same with Dave. Dave, then if Dave. <laughs> Dave said he might even listen to this episode, which, to be honest, is a compliment in itself. Um, Dave, Dave's surprised and he joins quite a few. He just doesn't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, you sneaky little. At leader. least I think it is Dave Dent who does that. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's, um, he's all, this is also one of his favourites. He, him and his wife, Leslie, have got a, a, um, a bust made of the Frankenstein and he's got bogus tattooed on his neck. Bogus. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, if I don't mention them too, they'll kill me. But I have so much to say about that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so much to say about that that whole ending. <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot. Like I found out a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, for something that didn't get a DVD release for 19 years. Wow. Yeah, Fred Decker didn't know that anyone liked this movie until 2006 he thought it was the biggest flop of his life and he thought it was the biggest mistake he'd ever made but it was his favorite film to work on of all time that he's ever done oh that is i'm glad he knows i'm glad he knows i i only watched this um i hadn't actually heard of it until my husband pointed it out and he was like you've never heard of the monster squad um that was a really good impression of Anth, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he, he, we, watched, we watched it a few years ago. A few years, probably a bit longer than that now. And I have never fallen so madly in love with the movie instantly. Like, from start, start to finish, I was glued. And I didn't, like, for all, I'm a huge Universal Monsters fan. I, I got what they were doing. Yeah. I totally understood it. This was not a piss take. This was not mocking. This was just pure homage to a genre that, you know, some people do tend to forget sometimes. I think it's only. I was going to say, I think Universal missed a massive trick not getting on board with this. Mm -hmm. For the sheer reason, they did great without them. Yeah. But massively. Imagine what of a resurgence they would have had in 1987 for the Universal Monsters all in one place. The amount of yeah. merchandise in there would have been, the amount of push this would have got in the cinema. The film would have just gone into the stratosphere massively it just based on dracula alone now i am not the biggest dracula fan i'm really not like for all yes my phone cover is dracula <laughs> but i it's only because the frankenstein one wasn't available um i just something about even the gorsi's dracula doesn't doesn't get us okay gary oldman's yeah but him is a different kind of he is a different yeah. kind of Dracula, and it was it was exciting to see it. Did you know he got voted? Uh, they they did a an all time a list of the hundred greatest villains of all time in two thousand and six. 
mm-hmm. and he came he came number 30. that's a 30 that's... that is quite an achievement for a one-off film that no one's really seen mm-hmm. it's massive um i absolutely i just i loved i love the look of him i love the attitude of him i love that yeah i'm the fucking leader why would i not be the leader i'm the leader like i loved that did you also know that i don't know whether it was a replica or i'm presuming a replica because trying to get hold of the original would have been really bloody difficult mm. um but he wore bella lugosi's ring the whole time he had oh. the big scarab type ring on oh hasn't zach bergen's got that now oh of course he fucking has i'm sure he has that because he has bella's sorry bella's um mirror mirror sorry that was so northern of us mirror um i'm sure it's the mirror he has because he has this whole experience of standing in front of i could be making the whole this up i've been but to I'm his sure. museum in, in in vegas and he is just a cash cow he is he, uh, not to say i wouldn't want to go and see it just saying <laughs> well that was the whole point i went to see it because i went to see it and i thought mm-hmm. right that's that done because i'd seen ghost adventures for years and he is just an ass this poor lady he walked in and this poor lady was like oh my god hi zach hi zach he just looked her in the face looked her up and down and walked off and i just thought you piece of you piece of shit you this these people appearing to come and see you have murderbilia let that call a spade a spade zach it's murderbilia yeah. and it's pretty fucking tasteless yet mm-hmm. i would still see it however still tasteless <laughs> yeah i mean it's the stuff he does in there as well and then tries to claim it's it's paranormal it's haunted gaffs all of it you stood in the room with the divic box and they're pumping in air and going can you feel the air can you feel the air move and it's like yes there's a grate there pumping in air you're in another room they've got a pre-recorded like a white noise thing with the words and they go oh can what what can you hear and it's just like get in the bin Wait. <laughs> I I do believe in some form of paranormal activity. I do. I believe in. I believe that there's something there. However, however, I do know it's like a charlatan when I see one. And fuck me, I've watched enough ghost hunters or ghost adventurers to know what a dick and a charlatan he actually is. The um, oh god, what was it? The Demon House. Did, have you watched it? Oh, it's horrific. Oh. Zach Bagans <laughs> is the only person to ever have blocked me on Twitter. <gasps> You're welcome. Oh, what an <laughs> achievement. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> Basically, he was making a comment about being how hard it was being famous and that he couldn't settle down in relationships and all this sort of stuff. Me oh, being me and my, my sarcastic self, but oh, must be really, really hard getting macked on all the time by all these women. <laughs> And he emailed me back. Uh, he messaged me back through Twitter, you know, on the on the thing, and uh, and he added me back or whatever it is you do. And uh, he was like, "I don't know what you mean, macking." And and I was like, "It can't be hard being you, looking the way you are, with all these women throwing them at your feet." Next thing you know, it came up. You have been blocked. Oh, <laughs> oh what like... an achievement! Blocked by Zach Bagans. The <clears throat> only the only thing I ever found interesting about Ghost Adventurers was. The- was the actual true crime that happened within their cast. They had two paranormal investigators who used to come with them and they were a married couple, yeah, husband killed the wife, and they even fucking exploited that. 
yeah. in one of their episodes. That was disgusting because they went that looking for him, didn't they? Horrific. Yeah. Horrific. Even if it was real, they were your friends. Like, they were your friends who fucking died under awful fucking circumstances. You dick. We have gone off on the massive tangent. I know, but we wouldn't be us if we didn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a Monsters Up North episode if we didn't go off on a tangent. But I was. It was worth it yeah. because I fucking hate that man. Yeah. But yeah, the whole before we go into Monster Squad, the glasses, the, the tinted glasses. Do you know why he has to wear them? Because the deep, the demon house did it to him. Oh, that's right. He got his eyesight by done by a demon. All right, done so. by a demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. mean that you had a bog eye or something before yeah. you even got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, full yeah. of shit. Yeah, honestly, get in the Mon- bin. Get in the fucking bin, <laughs> Monster Squad. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, it nearly wasn't uh, no. Duncan Rager, was it? No, it wasn't. It was a a very unknown Irish actor at the time who yes. I don't think I would have been mad at. However, only because I know. You would not be mad at this? <laughs> I don't know, because all I can hear in my head is I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> and I can't imagine him, you know, saying that to a five-year-old screaming in his face, you know, so <laughs> that's speech. If you hadn't guessed it was Liam Neeson. And we're talking uh William, was it William? He wasn't William oh. Wallace, was he? He was, it was definitely not William Wallace. No, because he played. He's played like no. Mel Gibson played William Wallace. No, I know that, but wins. wasn't he in it with him, or he's played a Celt like that at some point as well um, uh, in the movie? Potentially, yeah. When he was that age, it was when he was going to be cast. It was so <laughs> it was late eighties, and he had that. <laughs> It's the taken thing. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna find you, and I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Phoebe's screaming in his face. <laughs> no, I'll take it back. Duncan's a winner. <laughs> yeah. Duncan won. Um, they they actually st- him and the guy who played Wolfman or Frankenstein. Uh, that- um, right, the guy who played Frankenstein was Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, that's right. So yeah. Tom Noonan and Duncan, I'm just going to call him Duncan from now on because yeah. I'm not going to try and butcher the, this man's surname because he is, you know, he's a legend. Um, yeah, they ha- they stayed in character the whole time. So the kids only ever saw them as their characters. And when Phoebe initially meets Frankenstein, that's the first time she ever sees him. Her screams are genuine. But that girl, I fucking love her. I love the fact that they were so clever to rip the scene off from Frankenstein, mm-hmm. but not rip it off completely. It so was... she's sitting by the river playing. Mm-hmm. The monster walks down, sees her. Obviously, no yeeting happens at this point. He doesn't throw Phoebe into the water. Mm-mm. But um No. But it's beautifully, it's beautifully done. It's do you know what it is? It's the audience members getting what they initially wanted. Oh, you've just <laughs> your creature, whatever was sitting on top of your creature behind you is just went like that and fell. <laughs> your creature's just moved. Ghosts. <laughs> there's a ghost in the creature <laughs> oh, 
It's all right, don't worry. It's just a sticker or something balanced on top, I think. Yeah, that's so funny. It's just the fact that I can see it and you can't. It was Zach Bagans who's cursing me. Oh, <laughs> no. What have we done? We, we brought we brought the evil, evil spirit of Zach Bagans into Dan's room. Get out. Get out. Uh, yeah, it was such a beautiful scene to do because it's the audience's kind of, you know, what we initially want from the original is don't do that. Don't do that to that little girl. She would be your friend. And guess yeah. what? Phoebe is Frankenstein's friend. Because Phoebe is a very lovely, she's a beautifully written character. She's not an annoying kid. No, I think they found the right balance with using her and how they used her. Like when she was trying to get in the clubhouse, when she wanted to mm. be there in the clubhouse, uh, mum said it's a prescription or something. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, uh, she, she the way that they got her to use... <sighs> They didn't use much of her until they needed to. Yeah, but she, she wasn't, wasn't overused. Yeah, and and I, I think the, I kind of got the impression because they they wrote two. There was two documentaries that you could go and watch. One was called The Monster Squad Forever. Really? Yeah, I watched that one on Saturday or Sunday. I think it was, and that came out in two thousand and seven. Uh, the Monster Squad Forever, and then obviously you've got the bigger documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, which came out in 2018, which was Andre what? Gower. Yeah, I Andre Gower directed the whole thing. Oh, so. shit, I have seen that. I saw that a few years ago. Yeah. That was when I was on my Monster Squad trail, and yeah, Andrew Gower was doing a lot of conventions as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, he, when he was, because there's, it mainly features him, Rudy, um, and and phoebe and obviously phoebe's a grown woman now but she was saying that um she she was in college and she was going to a friend's uh like room you know they have their their rooms yeah and uh there was a monster squad poster on the wall and at that point no one had really talked about it it had, had its hbo release on cable so if you hadn't have seen it on cable yeah. There was not really much way of you going and seeing it unless you went and hired the VHS. And, you know, college students can't imagine they do a lot of that. So <laughs> they had the poster on the wall. And she walked in and she went, you know that film? And she was like, yeah. And she was like, that's me. And her friends were like, no. <laughs> uh, and she was like, yeah, look, that's me. And her boyfriend at the time was like, why didn't you tell me? She was like, I didn't realise anybody knew the film. She was just so taken aback that people knew what it was that oh. she was kind of she realized that there was it was a bit more popular than she'd anticipated because it flopped so hard. They literally yeah. all of them didn't think it was worth anything. No, and because the the figures which I actually brought down this week, I brought figures down. It's it grossed three point eight million. Yeah, on a twelve million budget. Correct, which gave them an eight point two million loss. Yeah. But to, but if you put that by today's standards, they they made a twenty two million loss on that film. Yeah, by today's standards, I mean, I can see why the studio was pissed. <laughs> but I yeah, think, I can I can when you're looking at figures, but you that's you are two right. weeks. That's yeah. only two weeks. Had that have had a full run, I think they would have made their money back. If they had Universal behind them and not TriStar, it would have been a whole different fucking ball game. This would have been a whole different merch 
ball game. It would you and not even not only that, I reckon we would have had versus movies come out. We would and there had, was one. Was there? It never happened, but it was going to be the runner-up sequel. Should they have got a second movie, yeah. and it was it was going to be Godzilla. What's the squad versus Godzilla? Yeah. So. Whoa. I mean, yeah. there would have been uh, there would have been a Frankenstein down, but still, <laughs> you never know. Boris <laughs> Karloff could have been riding the bloody Godzilla into the into the thing for a week. It know, probably was. Know. It probably was Boris Karloff that were going to cast as Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> there he is again. He's back. Um, everyone's favorite mother is in yes. this uh, movie mary i had to go and get her name because i never remember it but she is everywhere mary ellen trainer and uh, the mother from the goonies um she's also in scrooged she is anywhere bob zemeckis is you <laughs> will see this lady she plays mum well though um and in this she did she gave off the pissed off wife to a husband that's there at the police station all the time and his job is worth more than his family. And I'm sitting there going, is he putting food on the table? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm shouting. Have you the... got a roof over your head? <laughs> exactly. I'm doing what old people do, you know. It's like, yeah. When you start but, um... looking at things logically and not how you would in your early 20s where you're yeah. like, yeah, you, you tell him, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we've hit that age. Yes, I'm at um, that age. Yeah, if if Bob Zemeckis is anywhere near or one of his friends, you will find Mary Ellen Drina. I know I've just said that name. Yeah. Um, because it was they were married at one point. But oh, I'm, really? I didn't know they were married. I'm hopefully I am not making this up because <laughs> I, I didn't look. So it's only because she, it just it became a coincidence. She kept coming up mm-hmm. in some of these movies, and I was like, I need to. Yeah, she was. She was married to Robert Zemeckis from 1980 to 90, to 2000. Um, but in 2015, unfortunately, we lost Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah. Um, but she is a, she is an actress who never got a big role. However, no. it didn't matter because we will always remember her for the significance that she brought to the roles that she played. Well, she was everybody's 80s mum, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. So. It's like if you if you maxed out every copy of the Goonies you ever bought, she was your mum for that hour and a half. Yeah, she she says one of my favourite lines in Scrooged when they're talking about the old lady, and she goes, "He's she's dead, Frank." That is my favourite. I have two favourite Christmas movies: Scrooged, yeah. Scrooged, and Black Christmas. And on occasion, I will watch the Hogfather if I'm feeling Terry Pratchetty, but like. That's it. That's that's I don't do Christmas. So that's where we are with those. That tells you everything you need to know about me and Christmas. But um, um I, well I found a new Christmas movie um that's come a favorite of mine. Christmas is a very stressful time for me. I hate it. I love December first, putting the tree up. Love it. Love it. Don't even put a tree up in our house. <laughs> I knew that. I did knew that. I did know that. <laughs> so I can't act surprised because I did already know that. But mine is a mine is a Harry Potter themed Christmas tree, and, and I do. But come December second, the fucking stress just kicks right in, and it doesn't. The nightmares don't stop until December twenty third, every fucking year. And then 
come the day after Boxing Day, my tree is down. Christmas is done with. I can't That's even. It. Once yeah. the stress, once the stress is over with. I mean, I had young nephews for such a long time. I mean, they're in the, like their twenties now. Um, God no, the youngest one's eighteen, but still, they're like they're not they're not in a an excitable yeah. Christmas mood anymore. But no, last year Krampus became a favorite of mine. Mm. We've done it again. I know we can't help it. We okay. just can't. We can't help it. Um, and when you start looking at the other. Um... And uh, I was going to say animal actors. That's not what I meant. The other <laughs> Universal Monster actors. Yeah. They actually, some of them have appeared in very random places. Like John Gre Grease, I think it is. He played mm -hmm. the wolf man out of the wolf suit. Mm -hmm. He he was Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and I didn't know. And I I, I kept looking at him going, you look I can so picture familiar. Him. Yeah. I can only picture him, because, but... Uh, I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's an awkward thing to watch. You have to be in there. See, I love awkward. Like, yeah, I like well, the Office, the UK, that kind of awkwardness. Like, I love shit like that. But and I used to own it on DVD, and I never thought to sit and put it in and watch it. I just, I was one of these kids who just loved. I like my DVD collection was everything. Yeah, like it was my pride and joy. My horror section was immense. Like the majority of my stuff was horror, um, but I had the odd occasion that like I thought I was like so cool because you know indie films and yeah, <laughs> never watched any of them. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you shouldn't. No, um, but I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> but the quickly going over Michael Reed McKay, who I know you have a fact about, who played the mummy. Yeah. Um. Did you know he played Striker's son in X Men Two? In the, the 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 lad in the wheelchair who's uh, got the same ish powers as Professor X, and he's warping oh, yeah. his mind. That is the guy that played the mummy in. Well, do you want to know my interesting fact about? I the mummy. Go for it. Okay. Go for it. So when they were casting the mummy, they had they had to be as like <laughs> sort of the point of who they wanted mm -hmm. and the advertisement said looking for an extremely thin actor on the verge of mm, next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was the advertisement that they put in the paper because they needed somebody very very slim yeah I wrote that down because I could not stop laughing when I read it. I'm not going to lie. It's I can see why they said it because they're looking for dust and bones. So it makes perfect sense that in the non-PC land of 1980s, it, it wasn't something that no, was no. something you couldn't you say. You couldn't get away with that now. No. That would be incredibly damaging. Um However, we are talking language back in 1987 when this was not considered damaging. They were just trying to be very literal. Hence why this has always come under a bit of fire. Well, not always. Since about 2006 when it's had its resurgence, mm -hmm. it, it, the language has always been a bit of a icky situation for some of the things that they use. But again, it was the 80s and why people don't understand that you cannot judge something from one time no 
40 years later with the same glasses on now that you just can't do it it is what it is it's said it made sense and that was how the kids were talking back then it was as real as they wanted it to be yeah and you just accepted being talked to like that regardless Mm -hmm. it wasn't classed as bullying it was classed as jovial boys will be boys kind of thing and yes i know now in today's things uh today's standards it's fucking atrocious to be called those things and be you know and hear that stuff yeah. but back then it wasn't it was just secondary language well, that you just roll off your tongue so well, what do we call it progression we, we progress <laughs> we call it something mm-hmm. yeah. we, progress. <laughs> we we progress um what was i going to say the the opening of Monster Squad. I forgot what we were talking about there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> the opening for Monster Squad is when you see Van Helsing and Dracula going at it and the whole emulet and, you know, setting the scene as to where we're going with this. It was going to be very fucking different if Shane but Black I read had that his treatment. Oh my God. If Shane Black, again, another one who keeps creeping into these episodes. If Shane Black got his way, the original opening, the whole budget would have been spent just on that opening. He wanted fucking everything. Thank Christ Shane Black did not get his way. Yeah, because I remember in in one of the documentaries, Brad Decker said, I looked at him and I went, no. (laughs) No, how, how, how? how are you going to have like van helsing riding in on horses with machine guns and yeah and and tight rope and tight ropes of like coming out of the fucking castle and shit and explore like shane just must have had an absolute like do you know one of those like writing sessions where you're just like oh yeah and then this happens and then not really thinking budgetary wise this is never going to fucking work do you know why he'd just written lethal weapon when he was writing the treatment for monster squad so lethal weapon came out in the april monster Mm -hmm. squad came out in uh the august and what they think what the general consensus was in these in the both the documentaries was that um shane had shane was in wolfman's got nards but he wasn't in monsters squad forever but Fred was in both and Fred was like, he'd just come off the back of writing Lethal Weapon. So I think in his head, he was still stuck in that lane. He was very much in the high action, big budget, got others to do, you know? And um, yeah, no, it's about like five kids. So (laughs) we don't want 40 Dracula brides coming out of the floor. And No, we just got the three that we were, you know. And one goes missing at one point. I don't know if you've noticed that. Towards the end, it's quite amusing. Um, the scene where Rudy goes up and uh, I think I'll, I've got to get this quote right. I have got it written down, but I do know it. Um, but when Rudy, when Rudy goes, they're at the church and they say to Rudy, where are you going? And he goes, I'm in the club, aren't I? And he goes and stakes two of the uh, Dracula's brides, but the third one's in the background. And then you never see her again. Disappeared. Puff, gone. So Dick. <laughs> don't know where she did she went but fred decker said it's a movie don't think about it too hard but people are like movie magic (laughs) um (laughs) there is there is one line that did in half this is probably my 
actually isn't my favorite line there are so many favorite lines in this movie but this one i never noticed until i re-watched the scene today give me the emulet you bitch that was the first time she saw him with the contacts and the teeth in as well um she made it like a fucking champ she when she's interviewed she said that um it was done in one take but then when andre was interviewed he said it was done in two because she freaked when when she first saw him all the air went out of her lungs when she went to scream because she was so scared she went oh so they had to redo that little bit and make her scream a bit more so i think duncan put it extra in on that to make her physically scream it's the it's the it's an it's the fact that it's an alien line like i know that just got that absolutely tickled me sideways and i can't believe i never never noticed it i want to talk about this end scene because that actually it lines up nicely with that okay so he's walking down the street it's probably one of the greatest scenes of the movie because it shows how fucking hard dracula actually is right <laughs> and he's just picking off these fucking policemen left right and center is absolutely effortless mm. and then he gets stood in front of this tiny little girl who has an emulet in her hand picks her up by her neck and says give me the emulet you bitch when quite easily he could have just went and took it of course but he that could have quite easily just went thank you that would have taken away the whole <laughs> toying with her thing that I think... is the adult in me looking at it going just fucking just she's a child take that shit but i think he gets off on that though not yeah. gets off on that that's not what i mean kids i'm not no, saying that the, i mean the, like the suffering the pain the, the yeah. freak that's the fear that's what he really enjoys so i think for mm -hmm. him everything's a show you know you're, you're right because what he just done down that street was an absolute masterpiece performance of go away bang like literally <laughs> it was flawless it was effortless but it was so effective them policemen really did overkill their little scenes of being hurt but it didn't i was just watching it back today and i was like i wrote down could have quite easily taken that <laughs> No, you're right. Could have massively. <laughs> um, but then you've got the scene with him and Frankenstein, and I just wish they yeah. drew it out just a little bit more, just to really like prove and show that Frankenstein was not him, was not in his caliber. They were. He was a. He was kind. He was, you know, different. But... I think Tom Noonan though, he had a lot of issues with Fred Decker. Um, in the way that Tom Noonan wanted to portray Frank, because they do call him Frankie in this, so I'm going to call him Frankie just for the the lack of yeah they do you know I'm not I'm not saying he is called Frankenstein we know he's the monster but they call him Frankie in this so I'm just going to go maybe we should say. have a banner that when every time we talk about <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein we're like we understand that he disclaimer. is not Frankenstein yeah. yeah put it in the disclaimer. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, originally Stan Winston had the guy that played the Gill Man was Tom Woodruff Jr. Yes, and he was also the guy who developed Frankenstein's makeup. Yes, um, so he done Frankie's makeup, but they originally done him like a corpse. They painted him like a corpse, and mm. when they tested it, Fred Decker and the studio people come in and went, "Oh no, 
no too much this you need to tone it down so they they made him more pallow and sickly looking instead of dead um which mm. when you it's... look at the, the rating it got it would make it be okay though because yeah in america it had a pg-13 rating mm. which is the equivalent to a 15 which is what it is in the uk the monster right. squad is a 15 bearing in mind all the kids in that movie are under 15 apart yeah. from rudy so <sighs> i love him with his at the end where he puts his arm around her and he probably squeezes i just love, I love it i absolutely love it and um, how they got around the issues with universal because it was this was one of the major problems was infringing on the universal monsters and it's so subtle it's ridiculous so Mr. stan winston and his magic again wow i have I, I says to Dan before we we started this, it, it's someone I need to talk about because I I got too much into him than doing my notes because it was it was just one interesting like oh my god moment after the next. Um, he is a fucking genius. Um, but it was so subtle what he did. So Dracula doesn't have the widow's peak. Yes, that's how you lose the Lugosi image in your head. Frankenstein's bolts were actually on his temple. Um, creature, the Gill Man, you will see significant, there is so much fucking detail put into the Gill Man. Mm -hmm. More than you will see in, like, Creature is iconic. And we have, if you go back to episode one, we will talk about our love of the creature. However, Gill Man has more detail than what the creature has. And I think it's, possibly even more creative than creature well they made him more piranha like in his yes. face than uh they gave him teeth yeah they did so um i i know one of the guys who created him was steve wang and in the interview he was saying that when him and tom woodruff jr got together they were trying to find a way to make the suit look different from the neck down and as we well know from the creature episode uh they they made it in three parts yeah it was a piece, the original suit, yeah three parts now this was one suit from the tips of the toes to the neck it was one piece um that he had to wear all day and until he had finished filming he couldn't take it off ever basically this thing was glued onto him um, i read i did read something really interesting about tom yeah. tom woodruff jr and the suit yeah was he didn't want anyone else to wear it so he wore it himself yeah he, and he was not a he wasn't a like a in suit actor or anything like that however when he got the green light from fred decker to go and do it yeah he did it for the next 20 years of his but career that, that's the thing that suit was pioneering that they made for the Gilman. Right. Because what they, when you see the interview with the guys from Stan Winston, I saw an in, a set of interviews with each bunch of guys that made each monster. Mm -hmm. And Steve was saying that when they did the, the Gilman, him and Tom, Tom didn't design the Gilman, but they, they obviously with him being the, the actor, he had input because he knew the special effects way of doing it, the practical way, as well as yeah. being the inside it. So as they used it as one full suit, they scaled the size down. So normally when they make suits, they put a bit of room in mm -hmm. 
um and they didn't with this they made it a size or two sizes smaller so that it stretched over his body and it looked like part of his skin so when he moved it moved instead of looking janky and like puppetry puppetry like almost yeah. puppetry so in doing so it gave it a fluid movement so it looked like it was his skin it looked like it was him moving didn't look like i say um as much as i love this yeah there's no denying our love for the creature however the costume was more fitted to serve the purpose that they needed to and i think had they have had that idea when they done the creature it would have been a it would have been a lot easier for like rico when he was diving yeah. in it and things like that so it could have been a massive game changer but don't, don't let's not forget creature was created was done what the 50s yeah yeah 54 yeah you'd think i'd remember um <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> um so i like the numbers remember I, I know i know i forget see this is why we work well together she remembers the important stuff i'm just here for the useless facts special effects. <laughs> she, she knows the special effects <laughs> the yeah but the creature like if what we get from the creature from the 50s is nothing but spectacular yeah for what they had um but what we get in monster squad is unreal gilman because that's what he's called gilman was unreal but the one character i forgot to mention was wolfman and how they yeah. made him different ah, i never say this right they made him more lu lumen lupin 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 yeah, lupin. yeah? and i was like i wasn't too sure what you meant by that and then i was like are they referring to like underworld stuff and i was like possibly yeah yeah basically sense. from what i could gather they didn't like the traditional wolf man face because they but had they, to they step did, away they did from not it. like they did not like the hot glue in for they didn't things. like the larry the lurker of it all to be honest so what they decided to do larry. was move, move his eyes further round so he looked more dog-like so yeah. they weren't square on like humans they were yeah. slightly offset um, and they were pointing up um but that was stan's idea stan actually based the face of the um before they laid the hair on the mask if if you look at the wolfman he is the spitting image of stan winston he used his own image to make the wolfman except for he pulled the eyes round, and then when they laid the hair you can't see it as much but when you see Holy the sculpture shit. when you see the sculpture it is very similar to stan so which is a weird i can kind of see what you i can kind of yeah. see what you mean um Oh, so good. Poor Larry. <laughs> Never gets the love he deserves, does the old Larry the yeah. Lurker? Honestly, I will. I will stand Larry until the day I die. Now, like I am, I am number one, Larry. <laughs> the weirdest thing about Stan Winston was though he, I've never heard a bad word about him until this one occasion. Mm. Um, but then I think it was more to do with Tom Noonan because he seemed in in the interviews Tom Noonan who played Frankie seemed a bit of a dick <laughs> I have to be honest to be blatant about it um and he was the only one who seemed to not like he didn't like ashley when she was uh phoebe um he said she was a bit annoying um and he just came off a bit pretentious in the interview um and nonchalant about it all it was just like uh yeah, whatever you know um 
But the story he told about Stan Winston was that one day Stan was so annoyed with the way that he was method acting all the time. Mm-hmm. E- even when he was in the chair being made up, he would just method act from being himself to going completely into Frankenstein's monster as he was going on. Yeah. Um, and he said, so Stan would do things like glue his hands to the chair so he couldn't move. And Stan would like glue his eyes shut and stuff like that. Um, wow. But they were taken as practical jokes, but he said, I didn't take too kindly to it. So I don't really have much kind words to say about Stan Winston. And I was like, you're the only person that I've ever heard. I mean, I haven't deep dived into Stan, to be fair. It's and I, only, and... only been a brief look today when I was looking up the, the first person I go to when we're talking about movies like this is the makeup artist. Yeah. And it's a name that's been spoken quite a few times on this podcast and I've kind of dismissed it and went yeah okay and then when I looked at his credits and I went yeah oh fucking care wow like this man is responsible for a lot and we will be doing a um, man behind the makeup episode on set because it was unreal what I was Mm -hmm. reading but I didn't do like a huge deep dive I was probably more taken aback at like oh he did that oh he did this wow he did that (laughs) oh he's dead (laughs) well he was one of the first like uh the scene where the werewolf gets shot out the window into a thousand pieces and falls on the floor and you think and the, the Sean's dad thinks oh yeah I've done it he's he's dead la 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 and you see all the limbs and appendages coming back together they were actually fake limbs on remote controlled wheels that were shooting them back together so that they right. went smoothly. Yeah, so they were remote controlled to, to look like they were coming back together. So I thought that was pretty clever. Simple, really simple, simple but clever. So oh, that's brilliant. That I'm actually all out of. Yeah, I'm all out of notes. I'm all out oh, of facts. I've got loads. <laughs> Come on, then. Lay them on me. Because, you know, the, there was a small change. I say small change. Compared to what we've been looked at in, like, at the Howling, American Werewolf. Yeah. The small change in the phone box they did with, with the werewolf. Um, when they were looking at designs and ways to get around the traditional wolfman look, mm-hmm. Larry had trousers on, didn't he? But I don't... He did. And he had a button-up shirt. Yeah. So what they wanted to do was differentiate so they looked at all the other people that have played wolfmen and they looked at oliver reed's version with the white tattered shirt and they took that because he wasn't copyrighted by universal so they took his wardrobe as a homage to a wolfman of sorts but just not the wolfman which i thought was another clever thing it would have been very hard to i think it would have been very hard to do larry like to even even just do a slight change to larry because Let's be honest, we talked about this in the Wolfman episode. Go back and watch it. It was a brilliant episode. Um, but the the he's not the greatest of Wolfmen. He's not the greatest of people, but you know, well, just as a yeah. character in real life, he's a bit of a shit, isn't he? So <sighs> I still feel sorry for him though. <laughs> he still gets a lot of shit on this podcast. Oh, didn't it, man? <laughs> I should have yeah. had me Larry T shirt on tonight. <laughs> he um the, th- the thing is, the special effects guys, when they were also doing the, the special effects for The Mummy, they were saying that they they tried so hard, it was really difficult for them to keep... They found themselves when they were sculpting and stuff that they would veer towards the universals naturally because that is where their brain's at. Yeah. So they had to keep coming back from that. And um, so when they were doing The Mummy, stick 
so stay away from Carlos mummy they looked at like pharaohs and so they were looking yeah. at Ramesses the third in the end as inspiration for the mummy as we know it in this movie yeah and um so they used that but then they had to make a full body puppet as well as the costume for I think his name's Michael uh it's name Michael. yeah Michael um because there's that scene where you Eugene's there's a mummy in my closet oh. and he, he's standing there telling his dad and his dad's going oh you monsters get out of this room and he's like he's in my closet and he mm. opens the door and the dad's obviously not looking he's looking at Eugene and the mummy's in the closet and you see how janky it's moving so you can see it's a puppet yeah. you know like an animatronic of some kind but I can still see how that poor little kid with a bit shitless of that even like did you get any spaghetti vibes from Eugene? Because <laughs> I certainly did. The one thing about Eugene that I did find kind of weird, I'm not going to lie, cute kid, and yeah, the fact adorable. that he's got a dog called Pete as his sidekick. Yeah. Um, bonus, but, like, why was he wearing a Confederate hat? When he's writing, to, he's writing his note to the army, to the army, please come quick, there's monsters, or whatever it is he puts in that note, love Eugene. He sat there with a Confederate army hat on, and I was just like, oh, didn't notice that before. <laughs> oh, um, my God, why am I never picked up on that? Yeah, like a General Custer, last stand jobby. Honestly, it's like, whoa, yeah, that's a choice. I don't that, know what was going on in the wardrobe department that day, but... That does not fit his character at all. I, I'm just I'm gonna go along the lines of that is laying about the house and he just put it on because he didn't know any better but how fucking genius that he writes to the army and lo and behold the but, army oh, show up who's Eugene <laughs> oh me mummy came in my closet you know oh my god it's when he it's <laughs> you think you think the movie's done with the yeah, guy, the, the good guys win. They're all surrounded in the street, and then all of a sudden, the fucking army. Oh, sorry, spoilers, by the way. The yeah. army shows up. <laughs> it's so funny that they come off the back of Eugene's note. I mean, that was a very well detailed note. He knew exactly where to come and find them. Yeah, absolutely. There's a moth going around my bedroom, and it's really starting to get on my nerves because I keep seeing it going like there, and I'm like, <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> Their um their tagline was you know who to call when you have ghosts, but do you know who to call when you've got monsters? <gasps> Why the that fuck did I not find that tagline earlier? The only one I found was never send a man to do a kid's job. Yeah, that was that one was used on the posters, I think. It should be on the other side. I don't know if you can see that. That's Wolfman's got Nard's target, and he's got <laughs> he's got a target on his Nards like that where you can shoot them. You can't see his nods, but it, it's there. Um, I'm going to fucking kill this moth in a minute. <laughs> it's, it's like proper doing my head in now. Um, that is probably what it... I see like there's so many great lines, but Wolfman's got nods. Kick him in the nods is one of my favourite lines. Anytime someone mentions Monster Squad, it's the first thing I say. I think it's the first thing everyone says. I think that's their go-to line. Wolfman's got nods. Kick him in the nods. I think that's the saddest thing. Brent Chalam, who played Horace, sadly passed away um, oh, in never. 1997. Yeah, of pneumonia. He was only oh, 22. 
Oh, how sad. Yeah. Um, but Fred Decker had nothing but lovely things to say about him. Like all of the cast did. They said he bought this. He was the youngest of the cast at the time as well. He, well, other than Phoebe, he was ten. Um, when all the other kids were around twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. apart from Rudy, who was like fifteen. Yeah. Um, but he bought this innocence that they really wanted for for um, Horace because they wanted him to be that kid, and he didn't really bring a character. He just was him was him and yeah. that's what they love so much about him um, but he bought this like this youthful like he was so excited because this was his first kind of foray into acting whereas people like Andre um Ryan uh and, and Robbie they'd all done like uh days of our lives soaps they've been well and mm. truly in all they've that been kind of they've land. been in front of the camera and everything yeah and he he hadn't it wasn't really something he'd done much of um so they just loved the fact that he was just so excited all the time he he bought that with him my god he's an he's an adorable character who really gives me chunk vibes <laughs> like from the goonies well when you start comparing you're looking mm-hmm. You're not far off. You've got Sean, who ironically is playing the Mikey character, whose also real name is called Sean. Mm-hmm. You've got um, the gobby one, Mouth, you know, who plays Mouth in this one? Well, you're probably looking at maybe Rudy, you could say. was Definitely that Rudy. Um, and then you're looking at, like, Chunk, which is Horace. Horace. Um, when, yeah, so when you started going through, there's so many similarities. People were saying it was a blatant ripoff of The Goonies, but it wasn't. You're talking two totally different films. This, two this, totally different fucking premises. But, yeah, there's so many people that are like, oh, you ripped it off because it came out quite close. I mean, I think Goonies was 84, 85, I think, <clears throat> off the top of my head. I know I'm going to get shouted out for that, but it's somewhere in that that ballpark. So, well, I don't even know if Paul will be in the chat because he's not seen the Monster Squad. I know. Shame I know. on you. I know. I'm going to check now because I don't want to be vilified, hung, drawn, and quartered. But um, yeah, as as far as I'm, I'm aware, it was very, very close. But people forget that treatments are written. Years in advance. advance. And so. also, it was such a thing in the 80s of children's, like this style. Of, you don't have Stranger Things without movies like this. It is the Stranger Things of 1987. Goonies was the Stranger Things of 1985, because I just checked. But um, there was too many parallels. And the fact that obviously Mary Ellen Trainer, the mum, was in it, people were just so easy to go to. There we are. Do you know what I mean? And And it was just like, that's it's not the same thing we're not going no. on a massive adventure to find treasure this is kids no. that are trying to kill dracula because he's mean you know they they summoned this they summoned the monster squad no they summoned the monsters for them to then summon their monster squad <laughs> they they do some really good stuff in this there's subtle nods as well like um when the pl- when they're in the plane and they're flying them over in all their mm-hmm. crates, um, on the side of the plane, it's got browning on the side of the plane. Um, now, there's two two different stories of to who that they're homaging to in that. One was Todd Browning because he directed Dracula and the whole Dracula debacle that takes place on the plane. 
And the other ones were saying they also think it's Rico Browning from The Creature. So they're, they're playing homage to both of those through calling it Browning oh. Air or whatever it was, which I thought was quite a nice touch. That's lovely. That is a lovely touch. See, um, not mocking, not taking the piss, homage. And again, uh, at the very, very beginning in the opening scenes where Dracula comes out to do the Van Helsing thing, mm-hmm. you see armadillos, right? No reason for armadillos. I saw, I was watching uh, Dead Meat do their podcast about the, the Monster Squad and the girl, the lady on it got really like adamant. Why have they got armadillos? She was getting really thingy about it. And I was like, do your research and then you'll find out. There is armadillos in Dracula, the 1930, because <laughs> I've gone blank on that one. But the original Dracula movie, there is armadillos walking around for some God knows, I do not know why, but they are walking around in the 1930s version. So they've homaged the opening of Monster That is so Squad. fucking cool. Um, just an interesting, interesting facts about armadillos. If you hit one, your car will come off the road as ours did when we hit one in florida right i i okay yeah. it's a good job I... your mum was driving a fucking tank um yeah we were coming back from a concert we've been to see <laughs> christ we've been to see dave matthews band it's my mum's favorite um and he was playing in south beach and we drove down there and drove back the same night and it was like the you know road no lights just your yeah. lights and the car went douche and my dad had to get out and have a look and he went yep you've just went straight through the middle of an armadillo oh, God. she do you know what it is the poor woman had such a bad time that holiday because the amount of squirrels she kept knocking over was ridiculous <laughs> florida squirrels are deadly they just run out of everywhere <laughs> Yeah, she she ran over an armadillo. Well, there's that. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that's a fun pastime to have. But I can't believe oh. I've just shared that story. It's relevant. <laughs> it's armadillos. <laughs> but I do love the fact that I we've not done Dracula Dracula yet. No, we have we? No, we no. have not. No, because I was wondering. I was like, I have not watched Dracula recently. I know I watched it for when we did the Universal Monsters yeah. episode on the Sunday, but I haven't watched it recently. And I'm like, I pro- I, would I have picked up on that? Should I have picked up on that? I am now yeah. going to pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, if you watch closely, apparently, I mean, they did do the, they backed it up with the YouTube clip, but I didn't watch it because I thought if they put it there, it must be right. It's there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. That is, I love that. Like that's, that's fucking detail. It's thought through, you know, and that's that's the thing. And like like we said earlier about the mirrored scene between Phoebe and uh, and Frankie, mm-hmm. um, there's the constant little homages all the way through to Universal. And had that have had the license in, just it, imagine it, it would have been crazy. But it would have. But I'm glad the fact that we've got what we've got because it is such a it, like I said at the beginning, it's a love letter to the Universal Monsters, and I love that. I, you are they are you said it throughout here. They've missed a complete trick, but I'm glad we got what we've getting, so we can have that because the you feel it's ridiculous. You do feel like you're part of the Monster Squad once you join these kids and you're sitting watching their club. Yeah, 
sitting watching their clubhouse and all of the references around yeah i um i'm not a member but frankie's a member <gasps> look at that man <laughs> i this, want one this the poster then there's some stickers and a pin and postcards and stuff and then i don't know if you can see i can see that killer there uh, it was all done in an old VHS box by Alley Cat Graphics, and they released like a Monster Squad poster, which is the poster here. And I've got I a day. Alley Cat Graphics. I've got. Um, I also got some other ones. I've got Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead ones as well, and I absolutely love them. But the pin badge is amazing. You've got all five of the monsters. Oh, damn so. it! I love Alley Craft. They do. I have. They have. I do. Um, <laughs> my favorite pins besides my ones from Creature from the Black Tattoo, um, <laughs> is my Regan one from The Exorcist. I fucking love that pin. It's I always have it. Like, I, I chop and change me leather jacket and what pins I have, but she never, ever comes off. I I've love got her. a um, reanimator picture, which you'll see you see in the video if you look long, yeah, that I put up. Um, Please. Alley Cat Graphics have done... Go and check out Dan's TikTok or Facebook to have a look at the magnificent room that she is sitting in. Because holy shit, what is in front of her? You you think what's behind her is impressive? Where do you see what is in front of her? I got the... a sneak peek before anyone else did. So <laughs> <laughs> that was before I tidied it properly. Yeah, got stuff on the walls. But the um, Alipat graphics of the reanimator that they john did um I, i've actually got jeffrey coombs and he signed that for me on there oh. as well so but yeah this 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 is one of my favorites the badge is that so it's all the uh the monsters Ooh, on the badge as well so you got your your gill man your wolf man dracula the mummy and uh frankie so yeah i i forgot how much was in these boxes when i when i opened yeah. it, so i was like i'm sure i've got some wolf i've, I've got monster squad birch somewhere and i was like ah remember now oh yeah i really need to move my reanimator picture because i like the i've got the poster you can see like the if you can see the posters here there's more but he's up there he's just there i can sort of see it yeah why well, won't my hand there yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i love why Jeffrey. couldn't i direct my finger to where like it's because you're looking through the camera finder aren't you <laughs> That was so fucking hard. <laughs> um, another a weird fact is that um, the, the the same year it found its second wind and got re-released, it got released on DVD, mm. two thousand and six. There's a movie that came out called Benchwarmers, mm -hmm. um, and in that movie, John Lovitz has the costume of the Gill Man from the Monster Squad in the background of his room, his collections room. Um, wow. when when he's when he's playing the part of whoever it is he plays they spin round and you can see the gillman now they've said that the that frankie is there as well but you only tend to see a blurred part of it so i can't tell whether it's the whole thing or not but yeah so apparently in bench warmers the gillman makes an appearance again for the first time in 19 years well i'm gonna put this one out there before you see it because i've got a feeling it's coming out soon <laughs> night of the creeps yeah monster squad gets a shout out in night of the creeps now i've yeah. seen night of the creeps and it was a while ago but i can't remember it no. at all 
Fred Decker. Uh, it was his third. Uh, well, I don't know if it was his third at the time. He'd already done House, and then he did because he filmed House at his dad's house. So the exterior of the fil- the, the house and house Fred's is his dad's house. Dad's house. Yeah. House. <laughs> so, um, he, he, that was his first horror horror. Um, and then he did Night of the Creeps, but I don't know in what order they uh, they came in treatment or they came out in the cinema. But I know I, I'm sure House or House Two came out the same year as Monster and Squad. When Night Night of the Creeps came out in 1986, yeah, and then Monster Squad 87, House 85. Yes, it was House Two that came out. House Two 87. Yeah, I fuck me. He did the Predator in 2018. Him and Shane come back together to write the why Predator. I, why I? Whoa. <laughs> why I? <bit>. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not even from Newcastle. Um, hang on. Mark, I'm shake the Geordie off. Come ah. on, shake it off. Um, we talked about it in the Predator episode. See how many episodes we have managed to like go back to, you know, go back and listen to Predator. Go back and listen to this. <laughs> Everything Just, is connected. It's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, isn't it? You know what I mean? Everything's related to something else. Yeah. He's only 64 years old. Shane Black. No. Who? Uh, um, Decker. Fred. Yeah. He hasn't aged well, but from his career, <laughs> he Neither was saying that he, he gem. There's a difference between what Shane got up to and what Fred's been up to, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Shane loved his drinks and his drugs and his women and his fast living fast and living hard lifestyle, whereas Fred thought he was a failure and became somewhat of a... Oh, it's so sad that he thought yeah. that. If they thought that on the back of this, it's devastating because mm. we know in the horror community, this is this is a favourite. Like Everyone's like, kind of comfort movie would be the Monster Squad. It's a gateway movie. It's a it gateway is movie, massively. So, um yeah, but he had no idea, like I said, for the best part of 19 years that this movie was loved by so many people because of the two-week run in the cinema, then it went to HBO and it was on cable uh, about 100 times a day. Um, and then it just, the minute they stopped it on cable, you couldn't find it anywhere unless you got an ex-rental or you went to the, the store and hired a VHS. Um, you know, like what so- we used to do. So it disappeared into obscurity. You know, you couldn't find it unless you had an original VHS. Um, and that was that. So when yeah. it got when it got its resurgence and they released it in 2006, 2007 uh, on DVD, the numbers for the sale went through the roof. Um, so then they realised they cottoned on there's something going on. So 10 years later, Andre... This is where Andre, Ryan and uh, Ashley started doing, they did a 17 cities, 17 shows in 17 different cities over 17 days to promote the Monster Squad. Um, It's now being taught as a staple of movie, um, uh, like masterclasses at Mm -hmm. universities across the US. They're teaching it to, to, to the kids to show them this is how you make a movie. This is how you involve key staple, well-known characters without copyright infringement. This Absolutely. is how you this is how you make a kids group 
you know um basically everything that they said you can sit there and go well there's similarities to the goonies there's similar similarities to the losers club the similarities when you start going through they were just kids you're always going to have your your funny kids your overweight kid your uh clever kids you know mm -hmm. they're all just staples and that's the natural groups you fell in as kids as well there was always like a dynamic there cannot be enough movies where it's like coming of age movies we fucking lived for them back in the 80s like we didn't care that another one looked or was ever so potentially similar to the last one we didn't give a shit we just wanted more and that's why we fucking love stranger things when it came out because it worked it was a formula that worked we wanted to see ourselves yes and that's something you don't see anymore because everybody's mm. So on strict diets or they're cgi'd up to the eyeballs or they're not not allowed to be kids they're not real no and that's the sad thing anymore it, you know it's very rare you see an adventure movie like stranger things is the probably the the, the nearest you're going to get to what we had for the modern day mm -hmm. i can't sit here and say i've seen a film in the last x amount of years that has given me that same kind of no <sighs> i don't know the, what. do you know the only one that comes close in my head and it's only because it's it's not a recent one but it's probably more recent than what we've been talking about is dreamcatcher dreamcatcher has that sequence of that of the kids when they're younger to then going into their adults yes we all can say that the movie is fucking terrible i will <laughs> disagree with you on that one i actually really like it um but it still has that and it's i can't even remember when dreamcatcher came out but that's the one thing that's the first one that comes into my head just a more recent one but we haven't we haven't had that realness of our childhood or what we perceived as our childhood because we all wanted that fucking adventure and whether we found it or not we were still always looking for it i will say though stranger things the only difference between stranger things and what we watched was that stranger things is still too pretty for the 80s oh yeah it's very fucking shiny you know it's as in all the characters are very well put together and yes they look like they're in the 80s but they're all very pretty people in the 80s no one was pretty no one was pretty it wasn't like you had to go and get surgery or have your teeth fixed or you know you went and had a little bit of this done or that done it was that's your lot deal with it and then yeah. if you get cast you get cast and then that's why i think there is such a huge nostalgia for the 80s and some 90s movies because you are so there's there's a less there's less of the impossible when you're watching those films even though they're so far-fetched adventure stories of pirate ships and monsters and yeah you know one eyed willy and yeah yeah but in saying that though this movie was originally supposed to be 103 minutes long oh yeah they turned yeah. around and they were like the studio was like no we're not we're not doing it you're gonna have 90 minutes so somewhere on a cutting cutting floor there is 13 minutes of extra footage knocking around I don't know if I saw it on YouTube where either someone described it or had it, but I didn't have a chance to watch it. Um, I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued, but I would then 
then it's me having to try and fit it. Where would you go? Where do you go? How do you fit in? <laughs> I would have to try and fit it in somehow. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, well, I sneezed and it no, completely okay. threw us. Did you know did Dustin know? Diamond yeah, played yeah. Screech from Saved by the Bell? Why the fuck did I not write this down? Yes, I did know. <laughs> he had his own like scene where he was doing comic swapsies or, yeah. or like trading card swapsies with Patrick and um, Sean and the scene got cut. So Dustin Diamond, RIP or not, depending on who you talk to. What? He, yeah, he's dead. He's, well, he died, yeah. But he's dead, like, but... He's had a checkered past as Dustin. He stabbed someone and went to prison, didn't he? So <laughs> I'm not really sure if it's a a thing to be nice about or not. But yeah. Oh, right. I get what you mean. Okay. But still, he was Screech from Say by the Bell. Yeah. And a Screech, he will always sing um, Home, Home on the Range to me. So it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those things. But um Yeah, I I did know that. I read that earlier and I for some reason did not write it down. Did you know that Phoebe passed on the role of the child in Fatal Attraction to do the Monster Squad and she still stands by that being the best thing she ever did, even though Fatal Attraction went on to be as successful as it was? I started reading that and got bored. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if it was. I just saw Fatal Attraction and I went. Well, I don't need to know about that. This is, <laughs> well, the, this is not they, that movie. They also considered doing a reboot in 2010 of this movie. Guess by who? Of all <sighs> the big production people and directors in the whole wide world, who do you think was going to do it? Big explosions. Oh God, Shane Black. Mr. Michael Bay. Oh no, that's even worse. <laughs> no, Michael don't Bay. let him yeah. get a hold of this. His production we, we'll company opening. <laughs> His production company basically got hold of it. Um and they had every intention in 2010 of rebooting the Monster Squad, not bringing back the guys 20 years later or 40 years later or 30 years later or whatever is in the 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 idea that Fred has is that Fred still wants to make a sequel. And he will do it with the characters the way they are now. Right. And it. he said that he's that's all he would love to do that, but obviously there's they'll get there if they get enough back in. But um Oh, I hope so. I, I hope so because I if for nothing else, but for him to know what this meant to people. Yeah. If yeah. if for nothing else. And I know they've done documentaries and them documentaries are there for a reason is because there is a, you know, a fan base who wants to watch them, but it's still, he needs, it makes me really sad to think that he thought for them many years that this didn't mean something because it meant something to my husband. He was, he rented this out on a VHS. He knew all about it. He absolutely loves this film. Well, the, the other weird fact is when it comes to the music, there's uh, a lot of cinematic score, and the cinematic yeah. score was actually done by Bruce Broughton, mm -hmm. and he'd actually written the the uh, he'd written the cinematic score for Harry and the Hendersons, uh, Tiny Toons, <laughs> and Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Um, and then the main theme that they use in the in the film itself, which is rock until you drop, dance until you heart, yeah, that one, that didn't chart till 2016. 
the fuck I know. is going on with people? It didn't chart until 2016, at which it got to number 36 in the top 100 billboard in the US. But the guy who sang wow. it was Michael Sembello, and he was more famous for singing the song from Flashdance, uh, Maniac. He's a maniac, yep. maniac, yep. So he won an award for Maniac, but also did Rock Until You Drop, and he had his first chart hit in the 2010s. Wow. For the for the first time since the 80s with Rock Until You Drop, which came out in in truth in the 80s 1987 so it was nearly 30 years later that song charted for the first time it's so. crazy the likelihood is probably on my husband's fucking playlist he has the most eclectic <laughs> taste of music ever have and we got any we'll I've go. got, got about three and that's yeah. it and, and i'm good but like i'm sure there's plenty more to be had but all the research i was doing was just bringing me to the same facts over and over again so. exactly i was i was going through a loop when I was reading them, it was like all about, like I say, the main one that ran through was the copyright infringement. Yeah. Um, Seth Green auditioned um, and he's really good friends with Andre. And Andre originally wanted to be Rudy um, and oh, Seth no. had auditioned to be Sean. Oh, no. So, but Sean, obviously Seth didn't get it. And three years later, he got, he got uh, it. So it oh, works, works out, out swings, and, swings and roundabouts. Um, but yeah, I mean, sadly, Andre um, had a heart attack in 2020, 2021. It was so bad. He was hospitalized and had to have a pacemaker fitted. And he's only he was only 48 at the time. Um, and within by the end of the year of 2001, he was at For the Love of Horror with Rudy Um ryan and they were doing uh they 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 were guests at for the love of horror and i it's the first time i've ever stood next to two people the same height as me wow you must have felt great i felt i looked these people in the eye do you know how high that is for someone who's five three <laughs> the photo of the three of us i said to them because i as a lot of people know by now i have this habit of telling asking all the stars if they will be miserable they'll just look really depressed in the photo that they don't want to be there i love it i'm not a smiler it's not going to happen i don't know how to do it 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 just feels really disingenuous so yeah no so i asked them to do something like that and the the two of them went oh thank you yes great so they the pair of them stood there going in the photo and i'm in the middle going at the pair of them and we are all pretty much the same (gasps) height it's it's it was surprising when i when i saw them i was like they're not that short are they and the closer i was getting i was like oh it's perspective you know maybe it's higher over there and the closer i was getting i was like what year was that 2021 i think so it was the same year as skeet and matt so i'm thinking it was 2021 i was there that year yeah when matthew lillard and skeet ulrich were there so yeah was it oh my god who else was that year we was we were i was there i was there yes i was there yeah i just remembered what happened when i was there i had an (laughs) absolute meltdown because i was vegan at the time and there was no vegan food for us and i had an absolute breakdown and it was robert break who saw us (laughs) when i was sitting on the the um 
the audience floor, but and he kind of like give us a look to say, "You okay?" It's good. Yeah, I'm just hungry. <laughs> Nothing I'm new here. Now. Yes. Nothing new here. Creature <laughs> stole my Twinkie. Um, <laughs> the thing that I found quite sad was that uh, Patrick's sister didn't have a name. Oh, if really? We, if we go back to our The Thing episode where Mike informed us that E.T. never had a name, this reminded oh, me of E.T. for some reason. That she absolutely is... made me go like, <laughs> what the fuck? When you see in the credits, she's just known as Patrick's sister. That's her name. Even though she has a speaking role in it, and she's supposed to be the Virgin, as Eugene calls her, and... <laughs> uh, uh, she she has a speaking role she does a bit and yet she still doesn't have a real name she's just known as patrick's sister let's call her tiffany <laughs> but her real name's lisa i do know that because i had to find it out because it was getting on my nerves but her real name's lisa and um there's a couple of scenes you know where like people all the way through all these like top 10 blah blah blahs that you watch yeah. on youtube they were like oh why would rudy want to join a kids club full of like children on monsters i'm like He's not joining the club. He's sitting in the treehouse to spy on Patrick's sister. That's what he's doing. He never yeah. took it any further or any more serious than that. No, he never wanted to join the club. <laughs> he was just curving on his sister through he's... the window. <laughs> so Poor Rudy, man. He has one of the greatest denim jackets. Not denim. Leather, leather jackets. Yeah. Leather jackets going. He was like the Fonz. He had the leather jacket, the white T-shirt. We had moccasins, white ankle sh like socks, the full booner. He was he going for it. had the fucking look, and I loved it. I, I do like him. He's a good character. There's not a bad character in this movie. There's not. And I urge you, if you have not watched The Monster Squad, why are you watching this? But also, go and watch The Monster Squad again. Even if you haven't seen it for a few years, just watch it. It is such a like you feel warm and fuzzies when you're watching this yeah i love it yeah. have you got any more facts before we wrap this up i'm sure there's plenty more but i'm gonna i'm gonna say we'll leave it at that because i mean <laughs> there's it, they're all just little itty bitty things yeah but they all add up to something big like they make the film what it is so oh. i'm just gonna leave it on the note where i say see you later band-aid breath love it we will end this episode right on that so we are on every monday at seven o'clock on youtube we're also available on spotify and itunes for your listening pleasure and next week next week we were slightly inspired by the movie reviews that's been taking place over with paul with his random movie ones and he did the mummy the other day and we were like oh guess what we have a mummy we can do mm -hmm. <laughs> we are going to be covering boris karloff's the mummy he's getting himself back there somehow he's getting himself in one of these episodes again and he he's always in our episodes however this is the first no yes this is the first starring role of a Boris Karloff movie we are doing. Yeah. I'm not making that up, I'm out. No. No? No? Yeah? <laughs> he wasn't the main... He wasn't the main star in The Bride. And he wasn't the main star in Frankenstein. Colin Clive was. Colin Clive was. Yeah. yeah. But we haven't done a Frankenstein episode yet. 
No. So, yes, this is the first leading star. Boris Karloff is getting his first episode. How yes. amazing is that? It's only taken us how long? It's 17 episodes. Yeah, we're at 17 yeah, today. 17. The so. man who sits on the Monsters Up North logo is finally getting his say. <laughs> and we are doing it with The Mummy. It is going to be a great episode. I actually have not seen The Mummy. Um, the Boris Karloff one. I've kept it for when we were going to be doing yeah. the episode. So it's going to be a good... It's going to be fun to find out new things about Boris Karloff that I didn't already know because of Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm only going to relate everything to the mummy because Frankenstein... If we do that, we are literally taking away everything that we're going to talk about in a Frankenstein episode. Which we know we've got to come with a very special guest eventually. So that's something you should really keep your eyes peeled for because trust me, this guy knows a lot about everything and nothing about everything at the same time. <laughs> Depends what kind of day you catch him on. But let's hope we catch him on a good day. But yes, we do have a special guest for our Frankenstein episodes, which will be coming somewhere down the line. Not too far away. It's going to happen. Right. <laughs> um. So, yes. That's it. That's us done. That is episode 17 in the bag. Yes. The Monster Squad. Well, thank you everyone for watching. Remember, please like, share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do all the likes and everything when it comes down to the listening platforms. We would really appreciate it. And also, if you are feeling, you know, you miss us and you want to hear our dulcet tones, go and listen to, go and listen to our past episodes where you can hear us all over again as much as you want to. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching. And remember, we're the Monster Squad. Don't Stay be chicken nerd. shits. Stay <laughs> nerdy, everyone. Bye-bye.